Welcome to Archie and Me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Josh. And we are here at Pops, sipping on some hot cocoa, and we are talking about the new Christmas one-shot collection, Archie Christmas Spectacular, number one, which just came out, and we loved it. Lots of great stories on this one. Yeah, we loved it so much, we were like, you know what, we need to do an episode about this one. (laughs) Thanks, Archie Comics, for the review copy, as always. It's a short collection of stories. It's only about 20 or so pages, so we're going to talk about all of them. And I know the first story is a Jughead story, which means, Josh, you loved it, right? Oh, yeah, of course. You know it's my favorite one. (laughs) (laughs) I love a good Jughead story with holiday-themed desserts. Yes. We have Miss Beasley, who makes her famous... Christmas pies every year, and Jughead always eats them. Uh, and I really like that this cafeteria worker makes Christmas pies for all the kids. Like, that's a lot of work. What a saint. Although, of course, her arch enemy is Jughead because she is so scared of him stealing all the pies. And she there's this great panel where she's she comes running out shouting carrying a rolling pen <laughs> saying I warned you to, to keep your hands off the Christmas pies. And she's, she's just like, it seems like she has a trauma and like anxiety yeah. about it. Maybe, you know, like every year she has to go through the stress. I do love her expressions in this um, piece. By the way, this story is called Miss Beasley and Christmas Pie Guy by Tom DeFalco, Holly G, Bob Smith, Glenn Whitmore, and of course, Jack Morelli. Um, But yeah, I really love some of the art in this, like her expressions. Like when she says not this year, she has fire in her eyes (laughs) and like fire behind her. And and also I love this dimension work of of the the panel below that. There's a mop like leaning against the wall and the side of the panel is used as the wall. Uh, So, so good. And I love that the, the story opens with that little coda where it's like, uh, that talks about the golden rule. Everybody in Riverdale knows the golden rule. Keep your hands off Miss Beasley's Christmas pies or your punishment won't be a big surprise. Yeah. Oh, better watch out. Um, yeah. And she just, she thinks Jughead's at it again. He ate all her pies. He did it. And she's running around trying to find him. Where is this boy? And she runs in with a bucket on her head. <laughs> and there's a big banner that says, Merry Christmas, Miss Beasley. And they all had made a surprise for her. I guess maybe Jughead put together a surprise. What do you think? I think that's the implication that Jughead helped plan it. I feel like this is something he often does where he just like will eat all of someone's foods and then be like, oh, sorry, I threw this thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, is that, you know, is he like, he's like chaotic neutral, maybe? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he, he knows what he likes. I love uh, the little moment where he tells um, he tells her that she's his favorite member of the school staff. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, you know, Jughead does care. He right? does. Uh, he just sometimes he his desires get in the way of other people's jobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can we talk too about his hat in this because it's great? 
Oh yeah, the really long. It's like a really long. I don't know what, what do you call that style of hat, like the Santa hat, but with the ball on the end. But it's, it's got red and green stripes. It's got red and green stripes, and it's got the iconic kind of whoopee cap, like cap around it at the bottom. It's hard to describe. Obviously, this is an audio format, but I really appreciated that. I thought it was really fun. So, are we led to believe that he makes his own custom hats, or he has a hat guy? Hmm. Jughead's favorite haberdashery. Yes, love it. I'll read that story. Yeah, let's write one. All right, let's write it. Archie, hit us up. <laughs> also, great sweater. Great sweater game. Love the blue and the red. My wardrobe. I'm telling you, this Christmas, if anyone wants to give me anything, just anything that Jughead would wear, <laughs> I want it. I love that this podcast, It, without even realizing it, we just start talking about the fashion of everything we read. We have a fashion corner, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah of course. And speaking of fashion corner, the next story is all about Betty and Veronica. The story is called Holiday Lights. It's by Bill Gallagher, Jim Amash, Glenn Whitmore, and Jack Morelli. And it's a story of Veronica has put on this huge light display on the Lodge Mansion. And she invites, you know, the entire gang, everybody to come over to have a, a party to celebrate this lighting. And they have to wear sunglasses because it's so bright. So bright. Even though obviously it's at night and they have to put on sunglasses because uh, there's so many lights on this house. Can you guess how many lights are probably on this house? At least five million. <laughs> but because there's lights we don't even see. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like in the comic, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Bill was like, oh, yeah. you know what? I wrote the story and I made it so I have to draw all these lights. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, something goes wrong. Uh, turning the lights on causes the power to go out. Uh, they use too much of the grid, uh, and they think it's a disaster. They think maybe they're going to have to cancel. Jughead, of course, says, well, we've already got the food, so let's go ahead and have the party. Yeah, yeah. He's like, um, priorities, hello. <laughs> um, I love that Dilton, you know, he's just used like as an expert in like anything they need an expert for. They're like, oh, Dilton will know. And he has this great line about, he says, I think your electricians have miscalculated. I like that Veronica has her own <laughs> electricians. <laughs> and Dilton's like, maybe they're not the best. Maybe. They decide to continue on with the get-together anyway, and they light up some candles, and by candlelight in the dark, they sing some carols together, and it's actually really sweet. And eventually the power comes back on, but uh, they decide that, uh, you know, the big extravagant lights, that's not what it's all about. Let's just keep having this great intimate moment where we sing carols together. Yeah, I really like the last panel. Uh, I think it's Archie, Kevin, and Jughead are singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas together. And I think that's Moose in the background. <laughs> he just has his mouth. And, you know, it's that comic, that um, classic comic pose of, like, you just see the nose and the mouth because his <laughs> head is so far back. Do people really sing like that, you know, with their head all the way back? I've seen you sing. <laughs> so you're saying that is how I sing. <laughs> And yeah, it's just a nice little sweet ending. It is. And the art's great throughout. I love the way um, Bill Gallagher draws them in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like the the whole, you know, this, I guess it's, I, I don't want to um, leave out Glenn Whitmore. I guess a lot of that is coming from the colorist there. But just like changing the color palette to having them all kind of in blue scale. And then when they're all, you know, holding the, the candles, it looks, looks really cool. It's just really, really well done art. Makes me feel all warm and cozy. What do you think the lights look like through sunglasses at night, right? It's, like, it's almost like watching an eclipse, maybe. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to wear sunglasses to watch those? So I've heard. 
The next story in the collection is Archie and O Christmas Tree. And the creative team is Dan Parent on story and pencils, Bob Smith on inks, Glenn Whitmore on colors, and Jack Morelli on letters. I'm going to tell you, some of these people who work for Archie are work horses. Yes. Right? I mean, like, all this team we've seen all over the place. And Dan Parent, Jack Mar- I mean, I, I, I can't even leave anyone's name out. Like, <laughs> all these people work on Archie so hard and have so many wonderful contributions. Um, in this story, Oh Christmas Tree, it's a very simple idea that <laughs> Archie is supposed to, like, watch the Christmas tree, this giant Christmas tree, by mm-hmm. the way. Giant. A real Christmas tree. And his parents are going out of town, and he's supposed to water it. And we basically have these panels where he, like, has just vegged out on the couch for so long that you're like, he forgot that he was supposed to take care of the tree. Like, how much time do you think has passed when he's like, sits on the couch and then realizes that he didn't water the trees? Well, it says a few days later at the top of the issue. And so I guess it's been like three or days or so. But he says that he's been marathoning uh, a TV show called The Dead Among Us. Yeah. Mm. And he's like, uh, although it did take quite a while to watch all those episodes, he's like slurping on a drink. So did, so I guess, did he not sleep? Well, his clothes are changed. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. He's wearing different clothes. Uh, but I don't think, you know, I think he's pretty much just been here to the bathroom, <laughs> to the kitchen. Yep. He's got some snacks uh, next to him. We've all been there, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, you discover a new show, and you just have to, you know, let it take over your life for a few days. I love this page turn of the art of, he's like, oh, yeah, I got to water this tree. And he sneezes at the tree. That's the bottom panel. And then when you turn the page, all the leaves, you know, all the tree has fallen. The tree is dead. Yes. (laughs) The tree is dead. It's just branches. Flump, it says. (laughs) And it's just needles. That's the word I was trying to look for. It's just... Just the needles. Needles. But the ornaments are still hanging on the branches. Yes. And he's got... Yeah. (laughs) The ornaments just... Poor little ornaments just hang. It's like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yes. And he's got to make... You know, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? He remembers that there's an artificial tree up in the attic. Now, this is not like Archie of the past, right? The last collection we read where he would never put up. That's true. That's true. The last collection we read, he was so against even using artificial logs in the fire. So I guess in this case, though, he's trying to cover his butt, right? Of course. Of course. And he brings down this really sad (laughs) silver tree. (laughs) And I will say, y'all, for y'all to know, Brandon is an expert at artificial trees. It's true. I've never had a real tree in my life for Christmas. Whoa, never in your whole life? Never in my whole life. And, and bombshells lo- are dropped in this. Bombshells. And and like this story, our tree is is not green. Our tree is white. Although it looks a lot better than the one Archie puts up. Yeah, so I mean he's trying. He's trying as hard as he can. And it looks terrible, <laughs> but he puts a t- he puts how many ornaments on this tree? <laughs> Hundreds? Every square inch is covered in an ornament to hide hide his shame. What do you think he expected his parents' reaction to be when they came home and the tree was covered in these ornaments? I don't know if he thought even five minutes ahead. He does say, I added a few more decorations. <laughs> of course, we get that great panel when they arrive home and, and Archie just says, oh. Yeah. 
And he's like telling his mom, like, don't you love it? And she has this, Dan Parent did some great art where her expression's like that of a parent where it's like a smile. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that looks great. Yeah. <laughs> like when you look at a piece of art they gave you and they drew you like terribly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. And so the next morning she just, you know, she's like clearing out the decorations while he's in bed. Yeah. Yeah. She's, and he hears them. He hears them from upstairs, like, just clearing off some of these decorations, and Archie panics. And guess what? The tree is fine. It's fine. The end. We don't even have another panel. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the tree is fine, and Brandon, who fixed it? Santa Claus fixed it. So so he runs downstairs, and his, his crappy little artificial tree is not there. Instead, it is this beautiful, you know, fluffy, amazing real tree. And he's like, huh? And uh, we get a little panel of Santa Claus winking at us, saying Merry Christmas. So and Santa think, saved Archie. Yes, Santa saved Archie. And I think, well, I have two things. One, I think this is a great example of showing, not telling. Mm-hmm. Like, we could have had some more dialogue where he's like, Santa saved it, right? Mm-hmm. But we get that with just the insert of Santa and him winking and saying Merry Christmas, Archie. We get all the info we need. And that's just Dan Parent being amazing, you know, amazing artist. Two, what did Archie do to deserve this? <laughs> did he do Santa a favor? I don't know. We're going to have to look into the history of the Riverdale gang and their relationship to the North Pole because they have some deep relationships with these people. They must have had an adventure we haven't read yet where they you know, have to take over for Santa and deliver right. all of his presents. They know Santa. They know uh, his head elf. They know the Sugar Plum Fairy. And in the next story we're going to talk about, they know Santa Claus's daughter. Yeah. They just know everybody. The next story is uh, Betty and Veronica and Santa Baby. And the creative team, guess what? Dan Parent on story and pencils, Bob Smith on inks, Glenn Whitmore on colors, and Jack Morelli on letters. This is just a great creative team. Top notch. Yeah. I love love the, the stories, the colors, the pencils. Um, the letters, just everything is really cohesive, and it, it's a great product. Definitely. And and this one, Betty and Veronica are hanging out in the diner, and this woman comes up and says, hey, mind if I join you? And they're like, Noelle, what brings you here? Turns out Noelle, Santa's daughter. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Is this the first appearance of Noelle? I do not think so. I think she's been around for a while. Um, the Encyclopedia, the Archie Encyclopedia, which we love. We love it. often. Uh, talks about how she likes to hang out with Betty and Veronica because they're one of the few people that don't make her feel weird for growing up in the North Pole and not being around a lot of kids. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, right? Because it's like, hey, Noelle, are you on the naughty or nice list? I mean, it's like, <laughs> what if your dad puts you on the naughty list? Oh, and my it's God. Santa's your dad. Maybe he has like a, a third party <laughs> like handle the family uh, naughty list just to make sure it's impartial. Who does HR at the North Pole? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, she says she needs to get away from the North Pole. She says she's so busy. She has to help out so much. She wants to be a normal teenager. And uh, so she wants to hang out with them. And Veronica's like, we have a spare bedroom. Why don't you spend some time with us? And she really does enjoy her time at Veronica's. Yes. Is basically living the life of luxury. She's kind of like Archie in the last story, but, you know, in this rich person's house. Yeah. She's getting waited on, breakfast in bed. Manicure, a massage. Yep. She's she's constantly, like, lounging or horizontal, just, just hanging out. They're like, hey, do you want to hang out? And she's like, ah, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But she ends up watching a movie in uh, the Lodge's full theater. I'm jealous. <laughs> they have a whole theater wing, <laughs> I guess. And her dad, Santa, appears on the screen. And one of my favorite little things, Daddy, how did you get on the screen? I have my ways. Like, Santa's just like, I'm not explaining myself to you. <laughs> like, does Noel have some Christmas magic? I hope so. Yeah, maybe we'll see some. But basically, he's like, come home. <laughs> Why is he bugging her? Well, she said that she's really busy, so maybe she, he's like, there's stuff not getting done up at the pole. Okay, what is she, what's her job? Didn't he do this before she came around? Mm, mm, mm. That's a good point. So I'm just worried, you know, he's pushing his family business onto her. Maybe this, I mean, I don't know. I'm projecting on Noelle. Who knows? What, <laughs> she might have just went a little break. But, you know, maybe she doesn't know what her role is at the I, North Pole. I, ha- I have to say, though, uh, Santa is, is presented here as pretty understanding. Because she says, I just need a break from the North Pole. And I need a break from Christmas. Which you would think would be just the worst thing to say to your dad, Santa. But he says, okay, well, you know where to find me. He's pretty supportive of it. Well, okay. Well, maybe he could have given her um, a text, a phone call, <laughs> not just show up on your TV screen watching you. Like, it's just a reminder about how Santa's always watching. <laughs> Santa doesn't seem like a texter. Okay, okay. Do you think he ever adopted fax? Um, or is he still... Yeah, people, I'm sure there's a period where you could fax in your Christmas wish mm. list, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Maybe he doesn't text. He's not into that. <laughs> but um anyways later on we get betty and veronica they're like hey we should ask noelle to join us at a toy drive they're always doing something nice for the community love yeah. it and they're like well she's so busy pampering herself <laughs> and um noelle is like i should see what they're up to and she sees they're at a toy drive at the hospital and i think she realizes you know what maybe i've been a little too you know too luxurious and she decides to go down and help out. But before she does, she puts on an amazing scarf and an amazing coat. Just want to point that out. Yeah. I think Dan Perrin has some great fashion yes. in his comics, for sure. But she she comes, and uh, she has a lot of fun, you know, giving back and, and giving some toys to, to the kids there. And uh, she says, I guess giving is in my blood. Yeah. And then we get the panel that supports what I said. He is watching her, Brandon. He is watching her on a screen. And she says, I should probably get back home. My dad might need me. And he says, that's for sure. Well, maybe he could be working instead of spying on his daughter. Uh, please send your comments to Josh Wright. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Send them. Send them your way. Yeah, so that, I have a response for everything. That's the question then, right? Is, is, it, is Santa a good dad or not? The last story in this collection is Santa con carne. And it takes place the day of the Riverdale Santa convention. And everybody's dressed up, they're hanging out, and Santa, the real Santa, is walking around shopping. He has bought some flowers, and I, I actually have a theory about this. Does does he, like, whenever the Santa convention happens in Riverdale, does he use that as an excuse to walk around freely? Because nobody will suspect he's the real Santa, so he gets some shopping done on this day. I do like this theory, and before we get too far into I want to mention uh, the creative team. The story is Ron Robbins, the Fab K. Rose do the pencils, Jim Amash on inks, Glenn Whitmore on colors, and Jack Morelli on letters. So yes, I do like this theory that you know Santa's trying to blend in so he can just live his life. 
But if we look at all these SantaCon people that we see in panel, yep. none of them are really fully Santa'd out, no, right? No. They're just wearing basically red and like a Santa hat. <laughs> so yes, I'm sure at the like Die Hard, I'm sure there's a contest like, do you think he's entered the you know best Santa lookalike contest and like gotten third place? <laughs> so like we said, he's shopping and he has gone to pick up some flowers from Mrs. Claus, as you do. And he also went to Pops and got a big bag of burgers. For the elves. For the elves. For, I guess, their lunch. But they're missing. <gasps> and uh, immediately, uh, somebody says, uh, did you say a sack of burgers? And then Betty, for some reason, yells. And I, li- <laughs> I like the um, the lettering by Jack Morelli. Jughead! Like, she doesn't even say, like, maybe it was Jughead. She is yelling her head off. <laughs> then cut to earlier that morning. Jughead is walking around with hot dog, and his stomach's grumbling. And ooh, Pops makes chili burgers. It says, "Oh my gosh, I I totally missed that." Oh, I want some chili burgers. So yes, Jughead, he smells the chi- you know he smells the burgers. Of course, he's got super senses, and he goes in. And he's like, "Sorry, Jughead, the kitchen is super backed up after a very large order from Chris Kringle." Okay, <laughs> I don't blame Jughead. You know why? He wanted a burger. Mm-hmm. There's no sign that says he's not serving any more food. No. Nope. Chris Kringle, he probably ordered five billion hamburgers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't blame Jughead for what he's <laughs> about to do. We get the great panel right after that where uh, they do the uh, the great kind of cartoony thing where where the smell of the burgers takes the form of a hand. Yes. And it grabs Jughead's nose. And then on the next page, it grabs Hot Dog's nose, Hot Dog the dog, and is pulling them Santa sleigh. So what are you supposed to do when a, a cartoon cloud hand pulls you to the food? Not eat it? You go wherever the cartoon cl- like cloud hand takes you, is my philosophy. <laughs> I really like this panel on this page where uh, Hot Dog's head is in the, the burger sack. <laughs> and all the reindeers are, reindeer are looking around like, what is going on? I do want to jump in and mention... What wonderful colors in here, right? Beautiful. Um, there's a lot of cool uses of the background colors being a solid color. Like we have blues and yellows and pinks. And it's not something you might normally see in these comics, but I, I think it really works for this issue. And it's just uh, a really c- a beautiful contrast because with the pencils, because we have Santa Slay, Jughead, all the reindeer, we have all these other things going on. I think it really is a beautiful contrast. Yeah, it's, it's so vibrant, and you can't not have fun reading something that looks like this. Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%. And, of course, you know, Santa's sleigh has an automatic feature <laughs> that I guess <laughs> if you eat too many burgers or it gets knocked over, I don't know, you know, what is this feature that takes you right back to the North Pole? Well, that's that's the question, right? Is the, is the sleigh just automatically, like, think, oh, somebody sat on it, time to go home? Or are the reindeer intentionally taking him to the North Pole. I think they're tired of Jughead's nonsense because he did not share the burgers with them. No, he did not. So they take him to the North Pole and it crash lands at the North Pole in front of the toy factory and on top of Santa Claus's mailbox. And there's a couple elves in a small car and it just says Elf PD. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. So Santa, how many burgers did Santa buy? If there's a whole police department... You know, system mm. in the North Pole. Um, how many burgers is that? That's so many. But I will say, look, 
toy factory, there's a sign in the window that says, Hiring Elves. Oh, so maybe to try to incentivize you know some more hiring, he's adding perks for his employees, free lunches? Okay, maybe. Is Santa a good boss? I hope so. Don't put me on the naughty list. I'm just <laughs> is, a question, is Santa. Is Santa a good dad? Is he a good boss? These are all the pressing questions from today. Yeah, please message me if you have <laughs> you want to argue about is Santa a good dad or a good boss? Because, you know, he's got a lot on his plate. Well, then I just noticed in the last panel is that, you know, the, the sleigh crashes and some of the toys and presents that were in the bag spill out onto the ground. Mm. And one of the things that spilled out was a little Archie oh, doll. <laughs> yes, it's a little Archie doll. I want that Archie doll. Archie Comics, make that doll. We'll buy it. <laughs> All right, Pop's here with a check. Um, I'm sorry, Pop. I did not mean to disparage your availability of burgers <laughs> earlier. I really appreciate this meal you have prepared for us. Um, stop shaking your fist at me, please. <laughs> Uh, well, he's here with a check, and uh, Brainnuts had one more question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were an elf, what would your toy specialty be? Oh, so when I was a kid, I loved GI Joes. So I would say that I would uh, I would be the ones uh, you know putting together the action figures, putting together the the GI Joes and the uh, the the toy robots and the various uh, heroes and all those things. Oh, I love it. I think if I was an elf and I had a specialty, I would be uh, putting together all the uh, CDs. <laughs> like, I would be like, you know, well, I guess kids are not listening to CDs. <laughs> wow. But when I was a kid, I mean. Oh, yeah, when yeah. I was a kid. Uh, the cassette tapes, even, when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be the one who'd be, like, putting each individual uh, album artwork into the sleeve. Oh, you know, good. sliding it in, putting it in. And then I'd be the one who's putting the annoying uh, CD tape over that was like impossible oh to take off that's me everybody it was me i did it <laughs> um i uh i that version of that job now is is just like stamping spotify gift cards i think yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well as always if you enjoyed us talking today please leave a rating or a review and subscribe wherever you'd like to listen to podcasts if you hated josh's santa opinions please do not leave a review you Again, also... you can you leave a review. Just don't put it online. You can send it to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's a bad review, send it via USPS mail. Yes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we will catch you next week. Yeah, and I just want to say real quick, if you haven't checked out our interview with James the Third, you should go back and check it out. It was a wonderful conversation, and uh, we really appreciate him being on the podcast. Yes, definitely. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even Jughead. Don't you call me a Reggie, I'd rather be caught dead. Just two friends who don't know who they want to be. Let's see them figure it out, Archie and me.